As I said earlier, it is a great privilege to have Tabitha with us tonight. Tabitha Lastinger, and she is no stranger to our church. Um, you grew up here in Florida, right? Okay, I know you've been around here a long time. Her grandfather, I didn't ever get to know very well. Uh, he's been gone for a little while, but he was a great man in our state. Powerfully used by God as a pastor, but also for many other ways too. And um, Tabitha's dad is is a man with a great name. His name is Tim. And uh, he is the pastor of our Assembly of God Church in Bellevue, Church on the Hill. And Tabitha was there for a while. But she's also associated with another one of our sister churches. Uh, back a little while ago, she became, I don't know what your official title is, but the secretary at Ocala First for Pastor Jeff Wade, who's a good friend of ours too. And um, But a little while ago, God laid on her heart to go to the mission field. She began the process. And so she is going to be going to the Philippines and she's going to go with the missionaries we prayed for a few moments ago, the Huggerts. Um, we've not had the Huggerts here yet. We'll have to wait four years now till they come back. But my wife and I had the privilege to meet with them and talk with them. And um, so we want to give her as much time as possible. And I told her, just share with us what you're going to be doing, how you got to where you're at, and whatever message God's laid on your heart. And when you get to the end, you can end however you want. Just turn it back to me so I can encourage these guys to give even more money to you. Okay? <laughs> So, oh, I said she's no stranger. Many of you know her because, um, you know, my wife was sectional women's ministries rep for a while. And then when she stopped doing that, Tabitha took over, did it for a number of years. And then when she got her call, she gave that up. And so now we got a new women's ministries rep. But she's also been here because she's so talented musically. And whenever we have some special event, she comes and plays the keyboard and sings and, you know, nights of worship and things like that. So, Tabitha, welcome. And we're looking forward to hearing whatever you have for us. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Tim, for having me here. It is a blessing. I, I feel like Marion Oaks is kind of like a third home to me. <laughs> I've been here numerous times, as he said, and every time it's a delight and a joy. So I am very thankful to be here with you all this evening. My name is Tabitha Lastinger, and I am going to be a missionary associate to the Philippines. This means I'm going to be indeed working underneath another missionary couple, which is David and Cheryl Huggert. And we are going to be working in Cebu City, Philippines. It's the second largest city. Now, this is my first time ever going as a missionary associate to another country. I have never done this before, so I have not been to the country yet, but I am very excited about going. I will be living there for two years. So this will be my first time ever away from my family, everything that's comfortable to me that I love so much and so dear. But now I have the opportunity to be able to do God's work, which is what's most important in my life, to do what he has called me to do, and that is his work for his kingdom. So I will be going there. Hopefully I have to have my funds raised by August. Um, so I know that time is coming, but I know God will provide and he will get me there because he's called me to be there. <laughs> and so we, the vision that the Huggerts have is to build a church in Cebu City from the ground up. It's going to be an international church. So I'm going to be a part of their team, but they're also looking for more people to join the team and not just to have Americans on the team, but people from worldwide all around who will be part of this team to help build this church to become this international church to where we will be able to um, minister to the people and disciple and do different things. And it's just incredible the journey of how I have come 
to this very place. I was called into missions when I was 13, and that call was confirmed on my life when I was 17. And it was then that God had spoken the Philippines to me, but I didn't know the how, the when, or the where. And, like, I had heard it, but being so young, I was kind of like, well, I have so much that I want to do. I want to go to college, and I want to do this. And so I didn't necessarily act on my calling right away, but I always had missions in my heart. And when people would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to be a missionary. That was always my passion, my desire. It's what I longed to want to do. And so through the years, I ended up um, becoming ordained with the Assemblies of God, and now I'm in ordained minister and I will be able to use that when I'm in the Philippines as well as I will be doing music ministry, children's ministry, administrative work, basically whatever they need me to do I'll have my hands in and whatever for the kingdom of God to be able to reach those who are never reached. So that is what I will be doing for the next two years and I'm very excited about it. I can't wait to get there. I'm going to miss everybody that I have grown to love, but I know that this is where I indeed I am supposed to be, and so I know God will make a way. Amen. <laughs> so thank you all for your prayers and for your support, and please, um, at the end, I would love to see you at my table. I have a prayer card, and I would love to just give that to you, and you can just either have it as a reminder on your fridge or in your Bible, or just to to pray for me because indeed that's what I need the most is your prayers so thank you so much so tonight I prepared a message and I had a message prepared but the message that I had was on my iPad and my iPad decided to be dead so (laughs) I am so glad for plan B and the fact that I had another message in the back of my pocket and God is good and the title of this sermon is Expecting the Unexpected. <laughs> so <laughs> it was definitely unexpected that my original sermon was not going to work out. But, you know, I can I couldn't expect that God had a plan B for for you guys instead and for me to preach. So I just pray that, you know, we um you guys receive this word this evening with what I have. So I want to start off tonight with a story. This story is about a young man who went to see a fortune teller. The fortune teller studied his hand and she told him, you will be poor and completely miserable until you are 41 years old. And the man said, well, then what will happen? Will I become rich? No, said the fortune teller. You'll always be poor, but you'll become accustomed to it. So it no longer will make you miserable. This 41-year-old man went in expecting to get a better reading from his palm expert, but instead he got discouraging results. The reader failed to meet his expectations, but the man was looking in the wrong place. For you see, when life fails to meet your expectations, you should expect God to do the unexpected. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time together, Lord. I just pray that you bless this word that you have put on my heart for tonight, God. I pray that the things that you have me say would just resonate with the people that have come here tonight, Lord. 
We just thank you, God, for your awesome works and for the things that you do in our lives. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So sometimes we can become discouraged in life, especially when people and, and sometimes even God may not meet our own expectations. We tend to believe that we live in a cause and effect world where things are supposed to turn out in a certain way, where if we do point A, then eventually we'll get the results we want in point B. But unfortunately, life doesn't always happen that way. So it is in these times where we need to expect God to do the unexpected. We have nothing to lose by expecting what he's going to do in our lives. So our lives, they're not going to go anywhere without him. We have to discover the unexpected needs and expectations. Our personal expectations may have limits, but God's expectations for us exceed everything else. So tonight's message is based out of Exodus chapter 7. I'm going to just kind of sum this up. Here, God is about to do the unexpected for Moses. We find that Moses almost alienated from this world. He had been to Pharaoh seeking deliverance for the Hebrew slaves, and the Pharaoh didn't meet Moses' expectations. He only increased the burdens of the Hebrews. Unfortunately, increased burdens only meant more trouble. Moses finds himself alienated from his world. He's one lone person in a world of confusion. All of his expectations had proved fruitless. Now, God is asking Moses to expect the unexpected. So let's back this up a few and see a recap from Exodus chapter 6, verses 28 through 30. It says, Now when the Lord spoke to Moses in Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. But Moses said to the Lord, Since I speak with faltering lips, why would Pharaoh listen to me? You see, when Moses became discouraged, God told Moses to expect the unexpected by speaking to Pharaoh and by believing in the wonders that God was going to do. See, God delivered the Israelites from slavery, and he wants to deliver us from the enslavement of sin. But we have to trust in him to do the unexpected. So tonight I want to tell you about three different things that we have to do before God can do the unexpected in our lives. Number one, we have to confront our problems in God's presence. When Moses failed to meet his personal expectations, God sent him help through his brother Aaron in Exodus chapter 7, verses 1 through 2. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you, and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. Moses had believed that he had failed because he lacked the abilities to accomplish God's task. 
Yet he was courageous enough to confront his problems in the presence of God. At least Moses brought his problem to God. And the Bible has much to say about confronting our problems in the presence of God. For instance, in James chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, it tells us what to do when we are in trouble. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call upon the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned and they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Have you ever wondered why God didn't make Moses speak with the tongues of men and angels? It was because God was in the process of revealing himself through the unexpected and the unbelievable. He, God wasn't depending on any natural abilities that Moses had possessed. Too often, we look to God to give us the ability and the strength to do what needs to be done. But God wants us to rely on his power and his wisdom and not just on man's word. Moses' weakness brought him to the realization of his need for God. God's power would be perfected through that weakness. God wants to do his work in spite of our weaknesses and inabilities. Let me say that again. God wants to do his work in spite of our weaknesses and our inabilities. Too many of us are waiting on God to eliminate our inabilities before we start to work with God in our abilities of what we can do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 through 29, it tells us of another way to confront our problems in God's presence. It says, But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were noble of birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. God has chosen us for a bigger purpose. Moses was like most of us. He measured himself by his natural abilities. We tend to focus on our talents our, and our interests as we seek what God is calling to us to do. Amazingly, God was calling Moses to do something that could not be done by the natural man, 
but could only be done through him. See, God is already ready to do his work at precisely the moment when we begin to think that things may be hopeless. God's power is far beyond anything that we can comprehend. So why shouldn't we expect God to do the unimaginable? Why shouldn't we seek to follow his will? That's just it. We have to seek his will and expect God to do the unimaginable. With all of this, confront your problems in his presence. The second thing that we have to do in our lives to expect the unexpected is we must believe in his wisdom. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. There is a lesson we all have to learn in life. God can't do the unexpected in our lives until we do what he says. Even if doing what he says doesn't mean things work as we expect them to. Even if doing what he says doesn't make sense, we still have to do it because we have to be obedient to our father. Life begins with a step-by-step faith as we obey the will of God. A life of faith does not require that we see the end from the beginning. Faith only requires us to take that step that God instructs us to take. Before God can work the unexpected in your life, you must believe in his willingness to remove the obstacles in your path as you choose to obey him. I want to repeat that one more time. Before God can work the unexpected in your life, you must believe in his willingness to remove those obstacles in your path as you choose to obey him. As Moses keeps going, he begins to realize that when he does what God tells him to do, things work just as the Lord said. Who would have thought? If we do exactly what the Lord says, things will work out just as the Lord says. This is the first great step that we have to take in faith. It's scary to stop trusting in yourself and to start trusting in the Lord and to start believing and following in his will. However, it's the only way to live beyond what is expected. Believe in God's wisdom and that he knows what is expected. The final thing that we have to do in our lives is to to expect the unexpected, is to understand what God is doing. Before God can work the unexpected in our lives, we must seek and understand what he is doing. We want to be doing something, and many times we are shouting, Don't just stand there, do something! We're kind of like the energy bunny. But instead of just going and going and going and going, we're doing and doing and doing and doing. But here's the catch. God isn't just interested in you doing something. He wants you to become involved in what he is doing. I think God would want to tell us, don't just do something, stand there. Then maybe he could get our attention long enough to direct our lives into what he wants to do and not what 
we're trying to do. Many times you want, we want God to show us a way or to give us a roadmap that will lead to our final destination. We want him to show us what direction we're going in right away. But sometimes it's our own fault why we're not at the destination where God has planned. Because sometimes, just like our GPS, we tend to reroute where we're going instead of following what God is saying. So your GPS could be saying, turn right at the 327 exit. And you'd be like, no, I think it's going to be up ahead even further. I'm just going to listen to my gut. Then you have your GPS saying, rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. And eventually you're just going in circles because you didn't listen in the first place. We have to listen to what God is telling us to do. Otherwise, we're just going to be going in circles if we're not listening to where he wants to lead. And it's at this point where we feel lost and afraid, and we start to plot our own course to reach our final destination. We'd be thinking, get out of my way, and I'll get there on my own. After all, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I won't say who that reminds me of. (coughs) Then the darkness comes, and your GPS dies, and your phone has no way of getting you to your destination. Well, then, where will you turn? Too many times we ask God, what is your will for my life? When we should be asking God, what is your will? Once you know God's will, you can adjust your life to fit his purposes. Once you know what God is doing, you can know what you need to do. God wants you to become involved in what he is doing. When you discover what God is doing, you'll discover what God wants to accomplish through you. Usually we're too busy trying to get God to work our will in our lives. We want him to adjust his will to fit our purposes. And if we knew where we were going, we would devise our own plans on how to get there. Well, see, God wants our faith to grow through experience. And experience comes in following God one day at a time. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. God seldom gave exclusive details on the front end. When God calls us, he doesn't always give the details up front. God told Abraham to get out of his country. His call wasn't that specific. Abraham didn't know where he was going. God simply just called him out of his country and into a land that God would later show him. He didn't know the details up front. Initially, the important thing was just to get out and take that first step. It's so much easier to take things one step at a time instead of knowing everything beforehand. How many of us would have taken the road to where we are now if we would have known about the obstacles in our path beforehand? Right? When we are patient and we step out, one step at a time. It allows God to fill our lives with his presence and to work through us to accomplish his will. Moses finally realized that God was all he needed. God is all you need. By following God one step at a time, We allow ourselves to be the center of God's will for our lives. 
And we become confident with each and every step we take. It may not always be easy to understand what God is doing in our lives, but we have to know that he has a plan and he has a purpose. And what he wants to let us know is that we have to trust and fully rely on him. If we don't put our trust and fully rely on him, we are not having the faith in him to know that he is going to allow us to move on and do what he wants us to do in his will, in his time, in his perfect plan. So what do we have to do when expecting the unexpected? The first thing is we have to confront our problems into God's presence. The second thing is we have to believe in God's wisdom. And the third thing is we have to understand what God is doing. Only then you can place your confidence in the Lord so that only he can accomplish his purposes in your life. And only then will he do the unexpected. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this evening, Father. And we thank you that through you, Father, you can do the unexpected in our lives. God, we thank you for the things that you put in our hearts to do, Lord. I just pray that you give us the will to step out in faith and do them. And God, we just thank you for being the merciful Father that you are, that you show us visions and dreams, God. And I just thank you for each precious person that is here tonight, Lord. I pray that you just bless them and keep them in you, God. In your name, pray. Amen.